So I decided to do a podcast, like a very short one. I um, just woke up, but I'm getting myself a cup of eggnog, and I'm just walking around. And yes, I'm getting myself a cup of eggnog in the middle of November. Uh, I have a crippling addiction. And that isn't like a, a joke. This is me being serious. I'm going to put this down. I'm kind of uh, bored, so I was talking to myself. And so I decided, why, why talk to yourself when you have like a, a, uh, a podcast that you can talk into, you know? And so I figured it would be more sensible to do this, you know? Um, um, I was just talking to myself about the Japanese. And yes, I have full-on conversations with myself. You know, I'm, I'm a little odd. Um, yeah, I was just talking to myself about the Japanese. And I was like, in World War II and all that. It's like, uh, it, it, it's kind of funny. If you think about it, like, in a dark sense of a way, when we drop the nuclear bombs, it, it, it's, it's kind of like rage quitting. Because it's like the rage quitting of war. Because think of it like this. The Japanese, we just learned the Japanese had to kill all order. Which is basically their way of saying, um, every POW you have, every dual citizen, everyone, it doesn't matter if they're Filipino, American, whatever. Oh, we're going to kill all of them. Just straight up execute them in the most brutal fashion ever. We're going to just shut down the death camps afterwards because we have no need for them. And yes, they had death camps. The Germans weren't the only ones. Um, (laughs) I'm reading The Ghost Soldiers of Bantan. It was was the stories of some of the soldiers and their recounts of being being at some of the death camps and some of their things. And that's what the soldiers called it, death camps. I guarantee you the Japanese had a much more friendly name for them. But, um... Basically, I I thought I thought it was really funny because they were that that's literally millions of deaths, if millions of deaths, like multi-million deaths. If you're going into like the soldiers that are that are still fighting, and it only enacted once you set foot on the homeland of Japan. They only enacted the order if you set foot uh, on uh, the homeland of Japan. I mean, you could take all the islands. But once you step foot, um, first soldier to step foot on the homeland, they're just killing everyone. So that add all the soldiers because think of it like this: statistically wise, you would have to. There would be so many deaths from soldiers killing other soldiers, and that would be tons of American troops dead, tons of Japanese troops dead, tons of troops troops in general dead. That would mean add that that add all the statistical uh, death tolls to that. Just add all of that to the. To uh to the death toll and you get around the multi millions so maybe two million and so that's a lot of deaths that's like Holocaust style deaths and so our military our military was like eh we'll take we'll we'll take the option that may result in like a couple thousand deaths um so um yeah that's that's how we uh, saw it I, I believe. The nuclear bomb on Hiroshima and Nagasaki was probably a controversial opinion, but I think it was just, and I think it was the right thing to do in that scenario. If you had the scenario of, like, millions of deaths or, like, a couple thousand, you know, which that's not how many it was, but let's put it as that because it's in the thousands. You get the point. Um, now... 
you have the choice between that or that, you're going to take the one with the less death in it, you know? And um, when the first jet, when the first bomb uh, landed on their homeland, they didn't believe, the the generals didn't believe that it, it could possibly be a thing. They thought it was some kind of practical gag or misinformation from their troops. Um, second nuclear bomb dropped, they realized we have a problem now. <laughs> The Americans just wiped two entire cities off the face of the earth. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> um, needless to say, they were kind of in a panic, most likely. And, um, um, like, just thinking about, like, the scenario, like, there's this movie, um, I forgot the name of it, but it has, like, in the end scene when when Hitler learns that they're, that Russia's invading and everything's going down and the, and... Nazis are fallen, and they ha- and they have like that. And the actor did a great job uh, playing Hitler, and he did a thing where he did, where Hitler just went on an entire monologue, and it was just him having a temper tantrum. And it's used in so many memes, but it is genuinely a great scene. I can imagine that scene, but instead with the Japanese generals, and it says screaming nine nine nine. It's just something in Japanese for like. Why is this happening or something like that? Just how could we lose so quickly? And I and what's ironic is every most of the other Asian countries hated them. China hated them. Korea mostly hated them, but they I'm pretty sure they had control of Korea at the time. Um uh you have the Filipinos especially hated them. And we had kind of colonization kind of thing. We called it progressive coloni- coloniz- colonization, which is kind of counterproductive because colonization is probably the most least progressive thing out there. But st- uh, stay with me here. Th- our America's idea was we're going to release them by, I think it was 1947, is when we were going to say, hey, you guys, we've helped you. We've built cars for you. We've made a stable government. And we did. We They were a flourishing country. They they were like a mini America. People were speaking English. Imagine that in the Philippines. People speaking English. Like straight up English. People driving cars. Like 1950s suburbia kind of thing. Only in the middle of the Philippines. So imagine that. That's kind of what we were imagining for them. We were trying to help them reach kind of that American idealist goal. And uh, war came, and you can guess how that went. So the the Filipinos kind of immediately went with us. But to get them under our control, we did have to kind of kill a ton of them and go to war with them. But it doesn't matter um, because at the end of the day, they were some of our best allies, and they they were some of the nicest people to the Americans. Even some of the other Asian countries or other Asian guerrilla groups that were not big fans of us. But at the same time, had to work with us. You know, there are a lot of stories of just how kind some of the Filipino soldiers were. And that's kind of ironic, you know, because we killed so many of them. But at the end of the day, we're somehow still friends. Um, yeah, Japan's now, like, under our thumb <laughs> these days, kind of economically, if you think about it. Because now they're using the yen, which China controls. But if you think of it like this, we we don't control China. We have no control. They're probably our biggest threat. But Japan is all, is very, very uh, pacifist now. Kind of like Sweden or Switzerland or whatever country it was, again, that was extremely pacifist. And, like, even its army 
has like defense tanks, not attack tanks, defense tanks, specific tanks just made for defending their country. And they're like covered by like mountains. I forgot the name of the country. It's one of those Nordic countries, whatever. Um, now, uh, now with this, this is kind of ironic considering we nuked them with most, with one of the, we nuked them. It's one of the most vile acts a human could ever do is nuking another country because a human had to push that button. A human had to give that command. These days it's not a button, it's a command. It would never, to my knowledge, it's never been a button to press, to do, to give an order to launch a nuke. They have the nuclear football in America here, so it's, it's a weird nickname for such a terrifying device. But um, uh, basically, uh, you push down on the, you will push down on a button. It, let's just say the bud has his finger over the button kind of thing for whatever president you don't like or whatever president you do like or whatever. I don't know. Whatever Emmy, like Kim Jong-un or whatever, saying, oh, he has the finger over the button. He doesn't. He has someone else. Someone else has their finger over a switch that lets someone else know, hey, tell someone else to give a command to the pilot to fly over someone, and then he has to push a button to launch something. So there's, like, one button in the, ent- in the entire process, and it, the, the president or leader or dictator or whatever isn't pushing it. Uh, the button thing, I don't know where that came from. I don't know, I have zero idea. Probably probably some posters from, like, the 1950s. Um, but uh, it's kind of funny to me because the Japanese were arguably worse than the Germans during World War II. Because with the Japanese, they had uh, something called the Bushido Code, which was basically like an honor code, like a samurai knight's honor code. You know, like, you know, the knights in the shining armor had this honorary code they had to follow and all that. Not real. Knights were probably some of the worst people ever when it came to how they act and what they did. A knight came to a village. Everyone had to treat him extremely nice in the hopes that they would have burned it down. <laughs> Because the Lord would have no problem if they did. Um, so, yeah, with the, with the Bushido Code, it was kind of like honorary code, you know, um, to my knowledge. Um, now, with, uh, with the Japanese, they viewed surrender as worse than death. So, when we captured the Japanese, Japanese would try to make suicide packs. They would try to run at machine guns. They would try to kill our soldiers in, in hopes that we would try to avenge them. Because we followed the Geneva Codes to uh, the TE. We didn't, we didn't really do that all that much. We may have machine gunned them in defense, but we didn't really go out there killing them. The Japanese had experimental units where they would had special secret units where they would have, uh, where they would have, they would gather like a couple POWs and test out some of the worst poisons on mankind, some of the worst kinds of gases and other stuff, to see if their protective gear will work. That kind of evil is what you're dealing with. Um, the Japanese, unlike the Germans, the Japanese had a psychological aspect to it because they had a passion for hating Americans and Filipinos and all of that. So it wasn't a matter of, you know, I... I don't want to do this, but it's my orders, you know, just following orders, sir, <laughs> um, you know, but no, it, it was, it was kind of like a thing ingrained into them, uh, when they became a soldier, it was how they were taught to be in the war, it was like something that was pushed on them so heavily, they integrated it into 
everything they did as a soldier. And so seeing Americans surrender was like, you consider them nearly, near, they consider them nearly subhuman. It was terrifying. With, with the Germans, it was kind of just, uh, we hate Jews, we're just going to kill them all. <laughs> so that, that was kind of terrible. But at the same time, with the Japanese, it was like, we just hate the fact that you surrendered, so we're going to kill you all. And so that's what you're kind of dealing with. Um, ironically, um, the Germans are now not pacifists, not total pacifists, but they're not not pacifists. Now now Germany is extremely anti-Nazi, which they went from kill everyone, not kind of Nazi, to the Nazi of um, you show that Nazi flag, we're going to put you in jail for like 120 years. You will never, ever, ever come out. <laughs> that kind of ridiculous thing. They, in their schools, they teach how bad Nazism is, which I'm not German, so I don't know the extent to which that is. I can only, I only know from other sources, but judging from what I know, they went the complete, like, they went from alt-right to almost alt-left, like, just an inch away from alt-left, and, like, seconds. America's the kind of nation to where we say, you know, you mess with us, you're gonna be wiped off the planet, wiped off planet Earth, and we may give you kindness like we did to Germany and Japan, but you try us and you're gone. Um, you know, we, we nuke you. We, we, we send soldiers in and kill every single one of you guys. You don't mess with us. Only guys who could defeat us are Vietnam. And Vietnam has a track record, track record of defeating big nations. The French, everyone. You know, even China. They hated China for so long, but they were economically dependent on them now. Uh, but now they're economically dependent on them to an extent because of, uh, because of China's rule and uh, China's economic power. They kind of have to play ball. So even though they hate China to an extent... So now relations are a little bit better. Um, but ironically, it's, it's, it's so funny to me. Just so funny. Because the, the, the kind of ideologies are totally different between more left-leaning countries and more right-leaning. By far, our country is much more right-leaning when it comes to how its philosophies. Our philosophy of our country is, um, you know, kind of get off my property, hippity hoppy to get off my property kind of thing. That was the kind of thing that our country was built on. So it makes sense that you get the Japanese were on our property when they when they came to Pearl Harbor. And so we responded with pulling out our guns. And uh, you can imagine how that went. The nukes were the guns with the metaphorical guns. So, you know, that that was kind of the thing. Now, I know there are a lot of smaller countries in World War Two and World War One. And the thing is, is if I talk, I could go on forever about those, but I usually exclude them whenever I'm talking about the big picture. And this is what happens whenever I do like a video on my YouTube channel or something around those lines of like history or whatever, or talk about something historical in a comment section. So it goes, oh, but you do realize that these, this nation, these, these people also fought, and there are many other small groups. So you're, you're, you're ignorant American for thinking that. No, I know that these smaller countries and groups fought with Americans, but I'm only talking about Americans and the big guys because we were the main people in the conflict. That's my only reasoning because no one else will know, hey, these, this small little guerrilla group, group was also fighting with us, you know? And so it makes more sense to just say the other thing. Now... With uh, 
with the Japanese, the ironic thing is, uh, another ironic thing is, is uh, just how quickly they went from like total authoritarian imperialism to pacifist and like just a matter of like not even 70 years they went from that to pacifist and that's what makes that's what's so funny so when it comes to germany now they're kind of like on the leaning of like uh all the way from antifa to nazi they're kind of like on the measure of and not just at antifa but nearly, you know, they're they're at that point. Now, everyone hates Antifa. Everyone hates alt-right. That makes sense. I hate them, too. I think disgusting ideologies. Um, I'm much more centrist on the scale of kind of thing, you know. Just if, imagine like a meter for like a temperature meter from 0 to 100 or 100 to 100, you know, and you want to stay right in the middle. Because everyone else is right in the middle, but there are a few who are just winning off to the side, those outliers of population. <laughs> but, um, yeah, um, the Germany's faced the ideology of that, so that's where they're kind of leaning. Their motto is, um, show Nazi flag in our country, you're, you're going to be in trouble. Japan, actually, the rising sun flag in their country is like the equivalent of showing a Nazi flag in our country. And unlike what a lot of people think from other countries... Um, someone shows a Nazi, someone shows a, a Nazi flag in our country, or anything like that, they're gonna get beat up, or they're going to go to jail, or something around those lines, for any of those reasons. But we do have free speech, so you say you can say the most vile thing about any race, religion, or whatever. You could stand up on a podium. You could be the biggest dude on the entire internet who's American or whatever, and say some of the most vile stuff ever. But you won't face any charges. It's only if you were to if you were to walk up to someone and punch them in the face, then that would be assault. So we we don't have like hate speech laws or anything. So we, I, I believe free speech is absolute. So hate speech laws don't count. So I do believe even though some countries may say they have free speech, they truly don't. And and so that's where I kind of lie. Now Germany would be considered a country without free speech. Uh, Canada, uh, Australia, I think Australia has hate speech, yeah, I think, yeah, um, uh, Britain, a lot of different countries, most countries these days don't have true free speech, we're probably one of the, we are probably the country with, with, probably the only country on planet earth, well, not the only, I guarantee you there are a couple small countries or whatever, small, or bigger countries that just don't have as much of a representation as us, but, we're probably one of the only countries on planet Earth that really, truly has free speech and the Second Amendment, which the Second Amendment is highly debatable in our country. And if you say anything pro or anti, you, you're going to get in trouble with someone. And so that's why I try to stay away, stay away from politics. Ideologies, fair game. Politics in my country, too divisive. And that's why I try to stay away from them because, you know, with with my political leanings, I'm not too friendly with a lot of people, and with you know other people's political leanings, I'm probably not. Too, you know, they're probably not too friendly with me either. And you know, I I I have I have just an ideology. I have a political ideology to where it's not like everyone hates me. And it's not like to where 
everyone likes me. I'm kind of in the middle to where half, half of the population, roughly half the population hates me, and the other half don't. It's a very scary political leaning because politics have became so divisive in our country to where you say anything right-leaning or left-leaning in nature, one, the media will always support the left-leaning, that's obvious. But the thing is, is um, it, it doesn't matter if, if you're left-leaning or right-leaning. You have someone that hates you because you're that. And that's what I hate about politics sometimes. They could be so divisive. They could be a force for good, that's true. But they could be so divisive. And so that's why I try to stay away from politics in this podcast. I'll talk about war, death, destruction. I have no qualms with that. I'll talk about those all day. But politics is the one thing I stay away from because I want everyone to be able to listen to this, po- this podcast and not feel like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's, he's going to talk about politics and I, I don't like his politics, so I'm not going to listen to him. You know, to listen to what he has, has to say. I don't want to. I don't want to be like that. I don't want to be some political commentator. I have no want for that. I'm not going to talk about what I want to be when I get older. That's obvious. But I have no want for any political divisiveness. Both sides of the political spectrum in our country are both very anti the other, and so I took it upon myself to make a podcast that is anything but politics, as the motto goes. Now I make make few episodes where. I allow uh, people with different podcasts, like uh, politics, to come onto our podcast, like in special occasions, very special occasions. But I don't imagine it's going to be a regular. I try to keep politics out of my podcast, and if I do, rarely put them in my podcast. They're going to be very um, represented, to say the least. So what I'm going to try to say is... Um, I'm going to have one dude who may be left-leaning, one dude maybe right-leaning. And so that way, you know, right-leaning dude can come on the podcast anytime he wants. Left-leaning dude comes on the podcast anytime he wants. It doesn't matter what they think about anyone. I don't care, you know. And I, I'm not going to allow, like, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who just allows any kind of ideology on my podcast. Because if, if there's, like, I don't know a Nazi, but if there were a Nazi, and like a neo-Nazi, I'm not going to allow him on this podcast at all. Not at all. Never. But the thing is, is I find it good. I, I believe everyone should have a, uh, uh, their own kind of place on the stage. I believe that hate speech laws, hate speech laws kind of diminish the ability for people to be able to debate different ideologies. Now, my thing is, is with ideologies, they're, they're different kinds. You could be communist to all the way to fascist. There is no... There's no shortage of different political ideologies or just ideologies in general so my ideology i'm not going to describe because i want to stay you know uh anonymous in my ideology for this but um the reason why i don't like hate speech laws is because they deprive people of the ability to denounce different ideologies um we're also telling people this is the reason why it's bad you know like, everyone, know, everyone knows the reason why Nazi is bad, but there are a lot of communists here in our country. And, you know, no one talks about, like, why communism is also bad. Communism is like the alt-left, and uh, alt-right is like Nazis. So you have two different kinds of, like, fascism, fascism, fascism and Nazis pretty much go hand-in-hand, so... You know, you have one side and another. Both are terrible in some aspects. And so you don't want any of those things. 
And so it's best to have someone who can go in the middle, who's in the middle and can say, you guys are bad, you guys are bad. Let's let's stop this, you know? And there, like, in the past, there was a story I was reading of a dude who, an uh, African-American dude who talked to, who was, uh, who ended up befriending uh, Ku Klux Klanman and, and uh, actually uh, teaching the dude, like, you know, not every, you know, maybe your ideology is terrible. And the dude ended up becoming a, not he ended up leaving the the clan and lived a normal life and now they're best friends and like watching this story i'm not i can't remember the name of the dude but it those kinds of stories give you hope when you can realize the worst people can always change terrible people can always change you know once you're terrible doesn't mean you're always that way you can be a, a jerk your entire life but you can change you know and so that kind of gives me hope that there can always be a chance for that. And I feel like free, uh, freedom of speech gives the ability to do such a thing because ideologies like that always exist, you know? And they'll go underground if they do, because if, if you make a certain ideology illegal, eventually it'll go underground. You make communism illegal to believe in, people are going to go underground, underground. You make religion uh some religion illegal to believe in people are going to go underground with it they're not going to talk about it they're going to start forming stuff and that can lead to like cults in religion's case you that leads to cults and cults can get violent or radical or scary so keep you know cults are pretty terrible and then you have and then you have with ideologies that can lead to like massacres and terrible things and so i believe everyone should have the ability to just totally denounce that ideology and not be censored themselves. And so that's where my take is on it. I don't know how this went from World War II to like this. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, that's, that's my thing. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, I, that, that, went, that got pretty crazy. Uh, wow, well, um, I have a cup of eggnog right there. <laughs> I take a sip of it. I'm watching it the entire time I'm talking. I'm like, you know, I could continue talking or I could take a sip, but I'm going to take a sip. Um, so, I'm going to try to, um, uh, try to link my podcast to my YouTube channel. My YouTube channel is called a Stash Calhoun, and it's mostly just airsoft. To be honest, it's there. I I feature gas masks on there, which gas masks have taken up a new part of my life. They're kind of a new passion now. Is gas masks? I I always I'm now I'm wanting to learn more about them. I want to see new gas masks. I want to learn about countries and how they make gas masks. Now I'm now I'm kind of going through a little bit of gas mask phase, as you could put it, and so. That's kind of fascinating me, and I want to learn more about about uh about how you know that works. I I I I I love gas masks, and I for the longest time I thought my MF eleven B was Estonian. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how ignorant I was about gas masks. I just. I got it recently found out, to be honest. I just left that as it is. I was like, eh, I don't know if it's Estonian now. Because I've seen so many videos where it looks like other other gas masks that aren't Estonian. But now I'm like, 
eh, it doesn't matter now, because either way, you know, uh, I'll just continue saying it's Estonian, because even though I don't know, and I'm just tired of it, and so so many people think it's Estonian that I know that it doesn't matter now. No one knows that kind of gas mask. No one's into gas masks. Gas masks, who I know, it's kind of like I'm the only one in the family who's into gas masks, you know, and that kind of genre of things. And so, you know, that's that's something that no one cares about when you say, "Oh well, you know, this is Estonian." Everyone just assumes, "Oh, it's Estonian." And now I learned it's a Chinese gas mask. So it's the MF11B. It's a Chinese. I saw that I was watching a video and. Uh, by YouTuber going by the name of Weapon, Weapons and Stuff, or whatever is his name, Weapons and Stuff, one word, and has, like, a n- number or whatever at the end of it. He's British, uh, you tell by the accent, um, but he ta- he has entire, he's a gas mask collector and just makes videos on gas masks, and he also collects helmets and reenactive gear and just all these different things, like lighters and deactivated guns, which are basically guns that do not function because they are broken. So when it basically in Britain, you can buy a gun that doesn't work because the gun is broken, like severely broken. You like, you take like molten metal and pour it through the inside of the metal parts in the gun. So that thing ain't ever working again, that kind of broken. So all them, all the gears and stuff, they're melted together or broken. You could take a, like, taking soldering irons to them. There, there's no way that ever is going to work again. And so the, he has a collection of them too, but he doesn't really feature them all that much because he doesn't have a big enough collection. But with gas masks, he he does a lot of them. He's gone into streaming now. Um, but he does a lot of them to where um, he'll talk about a certain gas mask, where it came from, its history, and, you know, what, what you can do, like how-tos with gas masks, uh, you know, advisors, advisory things, how to know if your gas mask because this, this, or this, you know, things like that. So, my, my gas mask is Chinese, and, uh, no wonder it doesn't fit my face all that well, because I'm white, uh, I, I'm white, I have a, I have kind of like a, I have a much more Jewish-style nose, not, not ridiculously Jewish, but I have a, not, not crazy, but I do have some, I do, I do have some Jewish blood in me when we did the ancestry test. So did my um, mom's side and my dad's side. Um, but yeah, it doesn't, doesn't matter. I think it was my mom's side mostly. Um, yeah, it's, it's not really all that big of a deal. I'm not like, I, I don't look ridiculously Jewish, but I have a weird nose. I have a very gigantic nose. I kind of inherited that from my dad. But, uh... And my mom, kind of, but mostly my dad. Um, uh, so I have, I have like a, my bone in my nose is like very pointed up. It's like very rigid. And so this gas mask is made for a much more smaller, flatter kind of nose, like an Asian nose, <laughs> because it's Chinese. They weren't intending for a white dude to wear a Chinese gas mask, you know? And so I can imagine how that, you can imagine how that's very uncomfortable on my face. And it does even make a seal. It cannot make a seal with how my face is. I, it won't make a seal on my face. So, the best thing to do in this situation when you can't make a seal on this gas mask and all that, and, you know, all that, you just wear it for fun. Now I wear it, not for protection purposes, but because I can wear it. And now I have a GP5. I have a GP5M on the way. 
And so GP6, GP5, I mean, pretty much the same thing. I mean, two different ways of saying it. Um, But now I have one of those on the way. And if I'm going to get another gas mask, which will be my fourth gas mask if I have another gas mask. Uh, Yeah. I went from like zero to like four gas masks. Just a matter of about a year. Um, <laughs> coronavirus does weird things. Um, but yeah, uh, if I ever do get another gas mask, I, I'm, I'm stuck on like a vintage World War II era gas mask and just not using the filter because if you get a gas mask filter from World War II, it's a guarantee that it's going to have asbestos. Like, I don't know of one filter from World War II, and I, I've been learning a lot about filters, um, that doesn't have asbestos. And if it's that old, I wouldn't even trust it. Even if it, if it does have asbestos, it does most likely. I wouldn't even trust it uh, with trust putting it onto the gas mask because for all you know, it could be breaking, it could be damaged, the asbestos could be coming up through the top of the filter and so just having the filter open and not sealed in your in a house can be and you and you just uh and you just pick it up one day and you start shaking around for all you know tiny microscopic bits of asbestos or asbestos particles can be just flying everywhere to your to my to your knowledge and next thing you know you'll get cancer 10 years later so you know just don't don't wear asbestos filters, especially Russian. Russian filters are, like, everywhere. Those green Russian filters you see on GP5s and other Russian gas masks, don't wear them. If you get a gas mask, which I recommend you do, if it's legal in your country, please get a gas mask. It is probably an experience you can never replicate. And even if you aren't a regular gas mask fanatic like me, you're going to get fun out of it. And I would recommend trying to wear it in public if you have the balls to. Um... Because it is so funny and so weird. Like, I originally described it as, like, some people are seeing you like this, some people are looking at you like this, and just describe different looks I got. But now, people are, like, asking questions, they're fascinated, and some people, like, just look over and they're, like, walking across. Like, we're walking uh, into a Kroger, and they have the Kroger, like, a little medical area, whatever, like a pharmacist counter. And I was walk- I walked past the pharmacist counter... <laughs> And all the pharmacists were like, lo- looked over at me like, oh, that's a gas mask. Yeah, it's a gas mask, man. Oh, that's awesome. Ooh, I want one of those. And like, I was hearing comments like that. I was like, that's, that's awesome. Like, like, people were commenting. Even if it's behind my back, I can hear, like, cl- clearly hear it. And even I'm, when I'm put on, under pressure, I sweat a lot. Even if I'm, like, totally fine inside, my body is just having, like, a total freak out. <laughs> so my eyes start sweating ridiculous and so that after i got out of the store my entire face was just like well like was just like sweat and um um <laughs> that that was that's kind of like the one thing that that's kind of funny about it is i sweat so much under a gas mask but i still like wearing gas masks <laughs> you know if, if you want to lose some water weight wear a gas mask for a while you know <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, you, I don't recommend wearing a gas mask for like two hours, two to three hours, because then you're going to be dealing with some major problems at the most an hour and a half and then take it off. And that's only if it's a comfortable gas mask. If it's not, it'll give you a headache. It'll just mess up your entire head. 
entire everything. Like, if the filter works and it's a functioning filter and you aren't just wearing it for style, um, you uh, will deal with... Sorry, I had to pull the phone away from me for a second. You will deal with uh, some of the most dry throat you've ever had. Like, your entire mouth, dry, everything. Because what the filter does is it, it filters out humidity, too. And so your entire throat and everything will just be dry. You're just breathing the dry air the entire time. So you get a sore throat, baby. And so watch out for that. Um, make sure your gas mask makes a seal. Now, the best way to do that is getting the gas mask over your head, putting it on, getting a filter, putting it on, or without a filter, easier with a filter. And then I'm putting your hand, palm your hand right over the top, right over the little hole that lets in all the air in the filter. And if you should do that, you should be able to breathe. You should try to breathe in and not be able to breathe a thing. And the gas mask, when you breathe in on a gas mask and it's, pressure, and it's pressurized and you're blocking the ability for air to come in, it, it, the gas mask should do something where it crinkles up on your face or tightens on your face. Um, and you should not be able to feel any air seeping in through any of the cracks around your eyes or whatever. And the easiest way to do it is just put your hand to the filter Breathe in really hard, and if it sucks it on your face and it's not laying in air and you can't breathe, then you're good, you know? Um, just make, make sure your gas mask, uh, if you want to, make sure your gas mask works and it's comfortable. Um, the best things to have with a gas mask are a good oral nasal cup and defogging system and a good, um, a good system for, uh, oh, sorry, a good, um, what was the name of uh, voice diaphragm? A good voice diaphragm is also a priority. So it's not like something to where you must have it for it to work. But when you do, if you're going to be wearing it in public a lot and wearing it around family and not just wearing it to look cool on Halloween, if you're wearing it in any setting where you're going to be wearing it a ton and you want people to be able to understand you, have a voice diaphragm. I made the mistake with getting the GP5 um, and, and having no voice diaphragm. And now my mom has specifically gone out of her way to go and say, what? I can't hear you. Even though I know she can. Like, I know it's not that bad. I, she could probably hear me. But um, even, like, I'll be, like, right next to her and screaming through the gas mask. And I know she could hear me, but she has that look on her face like, I'm mad that he has this on. So I'm just going to just say, what? I can't hear you. Make him mad. And so I just go along with it and I go, okay, I'm just going to continue talking like we're having a casual conversation and acting like I can't hear her. Hear her. And so now, now she's kind of, she'll get pretty mad at me for that. But she hates when we're in public because it sets off her anxiety. And because um, she doesn't like being stared at or being people looking at me because I'm right next to her. And so she, she gets nervous when it comes to that. But overall, um, Ironically, it's not that bad. Um, now, with the GP5M, it has a voice diaphragm, so she will definitely be able to hear me. And if she says she can't hear me, then I know she's lying because she will be able to hear me very clearly, especially if I have the filter in. Um, the voice diaphragm, hopefully it works, but um, that should totally make it to where ever she can hear me perfectly, kind of. A little muffled, but not, like, completely terrible at hearing me. She'll be able to kind of hear me. It's not like it has a speaker attached to it. It just has... It'll just work. So, the voice diaphragm, if you want people to be able to understand you, 
um, without having to scream at them, they're my mother, then, yeah, you, you could go and put that, you know, put that in the priorities to get, you know, like, um, like just get, if you want to, I guess, with voice, a voice diaphragm, which a lot of them do these days, then go on, it's, it's a good idea, um, if we're talking about, um, one, if, if we're talking about gas mask with, um, with a, get, with a, uh, what was that, an oral nasal cup, that is a must if you're gonna be wearing it for, like, more than 30 minutes, maybe, because if you're wearing it for, like, five, ten minutes, it's gonna fog up pretty quickly, if it doesn't have one, if it doesn't have oral nasal cup or some kind of defogging system, and it'll also be pretty uncomfortable. The GB5, the GB5, like, one of the cheapest gas masks out there, has, like, a basic, very crude form of a, of a defogging system, and it relies on rubber valves, and it basically just blows, uh, blows cold air into the, into the eyepieces when, and blows, and when you blow out hot air, it seals up these little valves. I, I'm pretty sure that's how it works. I'm not an expert, but, uh, yeah, I'm gonna end this podcast soon. But, um, if I find that ironic that some of them don't have one, I removable or only as a cup, those are weird. Um, those, those are there. I understand have why you'd have a removable one. What are you going to replace it with? What, why would you wear a gas mask without one if you have the choice to wear one with one? You know, it's like, it's just weird. Um, you know, uh, there's some gas masks that are just weird. And if you're going to get a gas mask, get it off of eBay. I've learned that after getting a GP5 off of Amazon and it taking forever and it being a terrible process to get one get one on ebay get just get the ebay app you could just get the app for ebay type into the search bar whatever gas mask you want or just type in gas mask in the search bar and like a ton of gas masks will show up in perfect condition and they'll let you and they'll message you hey what size do you want and you just message them and they'll be like, okay yeah great okay you're sending you the size and so that's that's the way you get a gas mask these days. It's the best way to get a gas mask. Don't don't recommend any other way. Just safest way, easiest way, quickest way, everything to get a gas mask. Cheapest way. Yeah, you you want to get a gas mask? Uh, go to eBay. Um, but with uh, with gas masks, you have this one problem with sellers who will have two gas masks that look really similar. And people want this one kind of gas mask more than this other kind of gas mask. And they'll go, oh, well, people are mostly uned- uneducated on the small differences between different countries' gas masks. Like, uh, oh, what was it? Uh, they have this Polish gas mask and this French gas mask, and they look very similar. The Polish one I, uh, is much more, um, it, it's much more uh, wanted than the than the uh more desirable than the french one and the french one is more common and so a lot of people will get the french one and then just put and and since they look so much alike they'll get the french one and just call it the polish gas mask and um i forgot the name of the gas mask it's like uh oh man it's like a ms something i don't know it's a gas mask it it has a weird um lens that is kind of like, 
goggles, what it looks like. Imagine the bat, like you were throwing a bat wing. Like, you know, you know bat, Batman has that, uh, has that uh, little thing, uh, the bat boomerang or whatever. Imagine one of those, but that's the shape the eyepiece is in. Yeah. That's the kind of weird shape. It's kind of like that. Um, so, yeah. They're, the Gaspers have similar eyepiece, uh, similar setup. They have they come in some of the same colors. It's just the voice diaphragm has a different shape to it in the way that they molded the plastic. And the, uh, what was it, what was it, what was it, um, what was the other difference? Um, well, yeah, that's all you really need to know. Um, one voice diaphragm has kind of like rings to it, and that's the Polish one, the one you want, if you want to get a good gas mask. And the French one has little dots in it, and they'll call it a Polish gas mask on eBay when it isn't. And a lot of people, I, I would be, I, I would, I would think that's a Polish gas mask if it weren't for me watching a lot of this, this YouTuber's videos. Um, he, yeah, it's, it's great for a few, if you just want to go and run around and do, and with gas mask on, it's pretty cool. Like, the GP5, my GP5 is a size one, I'm size two head size, so you can imagine how uncom uncomfortable that is. Um... So you can just imagine how that works for me when I try to put it on. It works, but it's not the most comfortable. As long as it works, I suppose, you know. But um, it, it's not the fact that it's not comfortable around my face. Thank God it is. It's just not comfortable around my ears. It's not comfortable around the back of my head, around where my hairline is, because that's exactly where it hits. It's like right on top of my scalp is where the rubber is making the seal. So not the most comfortable thing ever. And it's kind of tugging back on my hair, you know? So I, I already hate combing my hair. So you can imagine how uncomfortable that is for the gas mask to do it for me with rubber. <laughs> so um, not preferable, but um, whatever, you know, it works. Um, but with the gas mask, you also have the problem of... Uh, of uh, it overall being odd in the way that it feels to wear it because it's an experience you can't replicate and that's why i recommend anyone get a gas mask it doesn't matter if you're an adult a child whatever well child it's uh, i don't know about that but if you're a teenager to adult age or even like i would say if you're mature enough and you're like 12 maybe maybe actually nah i'm bringing that up to maybe 14, maybe. Yeah, 14. Uh, 14 to, like, m preferably 16 to 15. Want to get a gas mask. Trust me. It's an experience that you just can't replicate, and the reactions you get are hilarious. Because people are like, you know, some people will be like, oh, well, you're protecting yourself too much. That's way too far, you know. This thing this thing is real. This, this flimsy surgical mask is real protection. You're going too far with this thing. I'll be like, no. No, no, no. That mask protects protects your germs from other people. I'm safe now. <laughs> um, would you rather a hazmat suit, an NBC suit? Would you rather one of those? <laughs> and, and, like, I could go full on if you want me to. Um, that kind of thing. So people will be like, oh, you're, you're worrying too much. You're, you're going too far. And then they, when you say, oh, well, 
you're, you're worrying too little now. We're, I'm going to show you all the death tolls from coronavirus and how bad it is and how scary it is and how a world is ending. And so now you'll, now you'll start taking me seriously. I'm like, well, no. No, 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 that, that kind of person who's, who just blurts out uh, statistics. Uh, Bill Burr did a great one on a great uh, kind of um, well, a great quote on it. He says that they're the kind of people who will, uh, who will memorize all this shit. Oh, I'm just quoting him. Just quoting him. Excuse the cursing. He says they're kind of the, they're the kind of people who memorize all this shit and then blurt it out at you and act like they're superior because they remember all this stuff. Like, it was something around that quote. Um, I specifically remember it because he's funny as heck. But um, um, basically, what the ironic part is, is um, people like memorize all these statistics about coronavirus. And then when you say, well, coronavirus is kind of overblown now, you know, I believe we should be wearing masks every single place we go. Like, I'm not an anti-masker at all. I don't believe we should be wearing masks, but at the same time, I don't believe we should be wearing them every single place we go you know i don't believe we should be wearing them out when we're going to the beach because coronavirus kind of dies in uv light and the sun so you know i'm i'm good with that you know you get a day at the beach and you're immune to coronavirus (laughs) so that's fun um if you're like in california or whatever but like masks i I don't even think I don't think you should make it uh, illegal to not wear a mask in public either. I believe the government should have no place in that kind of stuff. People should be advised to wear masks. There should be like ad campaigns for wearing a mask. There should be things like please wear your mask. It saves lives. There should be like mask wearing parades. But the government has no place to go and say we're going to make a lockdown. You're going to have to wear masks. Every single place you go, we're going to make it legal to not wear a mask in certain places. You know, we're, we're not going to kick you out of that kind of place. So I believe that's wrong. I do not believe that's right. Um, but, um, yeah, uh, I, I do believe that, um, that with a lot of the masks, they don't even work at protecting from others. So you can do the Zippo lighter test. Which you just grab a lighter and you put it up to your mask and then you blow as hard as you can. You hold the lighter about maybe just um, just as if you were going to go and drink. If you were going to go and uh, give someone a thumbs up but not extend your arm all the way. Kind of like a small kind of slant the thumbs up. Just, just have it close enough to your face maybe uh, roughly a foot and a half away from your face and then blow as hard as you can with the mask on and the surgical mask on whatever and you blow as hard as you can and see if you can blow out the lighter if you can blow out a lighter or even if you get closer and you can blow out the lighter slightly closer yeah just about slightly closer maybe a foot from your face maybe a little less than a foot foot away from your face if you can go and do that um then you are your 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 mask isn't working for sure. If you can't protect someone from you being able to blow out a lighter, then it isn't gonna work. So that's basically just around the test, trying to blow out a lighter or match. Well, lighter most likely, 
I'm trying to blow out a lighter with uh, with a mask on it. So if you're really fanatic about having a perfect coronavirus mask or whatever, then just get a lighter and try it out. If you can blow out the lighter, it's not good enough. <laughs> most gas, most masks do the job, but there are a lot of some flimsy masks out there, or like really cheap ones you can get at Walmart or whatever that are just not worth your time. That don't don't protect don't protect your germs from other people. They'll catch some of them, but not enough. And so, um, yeah. Yeah, you uh, yeah. Again, the masks are uh, kind of ridiculous in some aspects. Um, I'm thinking about getting a respirator. Maybe if I have them, if I can find the time and money, I'm gonna try to get a respirator. Maybe on my list of kind of gas mask ish things, because I have a half. Oh well, respirator. That's another word for a gas mask, but a half face respirator, to be exact. Um, with a particulate filters on it, um, you can go, I'm going to try to get my hands on one of those, and, uh, because the, the masks they make us wear at school are so uncomfortable, um, and, like, I know that this probably comes from a lot of people who say, oh, it gets so humid under this and all that, yeah, it does, that, that comes with most masks you wear on your face, of course it gets humid, but it's the fact of, uh, how it feels about my ears because I, I have really sensitive ears, I guess. And I wear the mask and immediately, like, the day later, my ear is starting to, like, turn red and stuff. It's not like I'm getting a rash, but it's itchy. And it, doesn't, it doesn't feel good. It, it's the worst thing ever to wear one of those those masks. I have to wear them every day to, whenever I go to school. So I'm planning on just wearing a half-faced respirator and wearing it over my face. And that way... I'm not dealing with uh, with that pain because it's strapped to the back of my head. It's using the back of my head as a mount. And no one can get sick from my germs, you know. I cough into one of those. It's going to catch even more of my germs. Not all of them, but most. Mo- more, Not every single tiny little one, but most of my germs it'll catch much better than one of those ones. I, I try to blow out a lighter. Like, with one of those, it may work if you put it right towards the exhale valve. Valve. No, no. Valve. It may work. But not recommended. Not recommended at all. So, um, yeah. Recommend getting a gas mask. Uh, yeah, I find them awesome. If you want to wear one in public... Sure, you can go and do it, but if you want to get a gas mask, you know, if your country is like Israel to where, if you live in Israel or if your, con- if your country is like Israel, I'm using this analogy, Israel, I'm pretty sure, issues gas masks, they're civilians, so, you know, government-issued gas masks, and they're not bad gas masks either, they're pretty good, that's, that's what I like about it, because they're constantly under threat uh, from the other nations, they have uh, gas masks that are that they issue civilians, you know, get... The, the gas masks are not bad, to say the least. So you're not getting a terrible gas mask if you go for Israeli. Don't let other people buy it. Other people's biases... 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 Ah, I can't say it. And, uh, and fanboy-isms to go and uh, influence what gas mask you buy. Soviet is cheap, but don't use the filter. 
Um, Israeli is slightly more expensive, but some people don't like the Israeli gas masks. So, you know, and if you have more facial, Asian facial ergonomics, uh, see if you can fit into more of a, um, a more white designed mask. I don't know how to describe it without saying, without it sounding Caucasian style mask. Um, I think they have enough face, facial room for it to fit, but I'm not sure how, how it'll feel. It's a gray area. It depends on the specific mask and how it's designed, because there's some Asian masks that I could probably fit in, and there's some masks that are, you know, white designed that I can't fit in. It sounds really wrong to say that. <laughs> um, but yeah, there, it's, um, just go with whatever works, um. I guess this wouldn't be, I guess this isn't a short podcast because it's been almost now an hour. Um, but yeah, just go with what works. What you're comfortable with getting, get. For a price point, you can get a, a, a Russian gas mask really cheap. Um, really, really cheap. So get Russian if you're che- if you want to get a cheap gas mask. Don't use the filter ever under any circumstances. Don't use the filter. Buy another filter, whatever you do. And, uh, and, uh, if you're talking, if we're talking about, uh, gas, another gas, if you're talking about, you want another gas mask, more, uh, more futuristic looking one, uh, yeah, futuristic, more modern looking one, then get, uh, then get an Israeli gas mask, maybe, if you want, if you have the price, if you have the money, get a S10, but... If you want to get a gas mask that just works and is fun, go for a Soviet. Just don't use the don't use the filter. Buy another filter. And the problem is with buying Soviet filter uh, filters for Soviet gas masks is they don't take NATO. So if it says GP five and then says in the and says like if the description of the item says GP five with Soviet threaded. Uh, Soviet threaded filter, NATO, that kind of thing. Ignore the NATO. Don't use a NATO fil- uh, thread on a GP5 or any kind of Russian gas mask. So when you're doing that, either get a filter, get a filter that already has that's already NATO thread, uh, uh, already Gauss threaded, which is the thread they use called Gauss. Um, hope I'm pronouncing that correctly. Um, get one in that thread. Or you can just do the easy thing like I did and get an adapter, which adapter is like 15 bucks. So you get a gas mask for like 30, 40 bucks, maybe 10, maybe 20 if you're lucky, a GP5 for that much on eBay. And then you get all, you also get with it, uh, for 15 bucks, um, you can get like, like, a, another adapter and you just grab the adapter, grab the gas mask, get a filter or two, and NATO, which NATO filters are much more common and easier to get your hand on, so just get a NATO filter. Get Israeli filter, get whatever kind of filter you want. But just grab a filter from that, go and put then go and uh, put it on the gas mask. You know, you, you have you have a you can go and put it on the gas mask after screwing on the adapter to, to the gas mask. So I just screw in filter that way and that works. Adds a little weight, but it works. It, the if you get it a plastic one and it isn't like full on metal adapter you just get plastic one the cheap plastic ones they work perfectly just because they're plastic doesn't mean they're bad they work 
And, uh, yeah, just use it, use it that way if you want to use one. Um, there's no problem with being cheap with a gas mask as long as it works. So, bye and have a good one.